It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome, everybody, to the most terrifying episode that we have done so far. An episode mm. that features something so horrendous that Josh here was too scared to cover it. Isn't that right, Josh? I am not doing it. I'm not happy about this. You're not happy about it at all, are you? No, I'm not. First of all, you suggested it as uh, an element to cover. Mm-hmm. Then you decided you didn't want to do it yourself. No. Nope. So I said I'd do it, and you even tried to encourage me not to cover today's subject. Yes, I did. Shall we reveal to the world what we are covering today? Yeah, go on. Some say it's the most haunted object in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are covering the Dibbuk box. No. Why is it, Josh, that you didn't want to do it? What is it that's so scary about this particular item that you didn't want to cover it? Okay. So I'll keep it quick. So I listened to two podcasts when I didn't know anything about it. I listened to two podcasts about it. Okay. So after the first one is when you suggested it to me, yeah? Yes. Right. And both podcasts don't even show pictures of it because they think that looking at the picture can curse you. Okay. And the way they were talking about it, it I just didn't want anything to do with it. And then to make things even worse, that was the thing where Post Malone reportedly touched the Dybbuk box. Okay, yeah, we'll and get to that. And he had a load of bad luck. Yeah. So I won't go too much into it if you're covering we're, it. We're covering it now, mate. We're going yeah. into it. Yeah, essentially, I've heard it's very, very, very cursed. It's... So. It's, uh, let, let's just say that's debatable. Okay. For now. I will go through, like, the story of how it became such a prolific thing. Okay, so um, I've uh, got this from uh, an article written by a reporter called Charles Moss, mm-hmm. who was also wanting to do podcast covering this item. And he did most of, the, like, the research. And I, I literally just skimmed through his um, article 
to cover this. So, so uh, there will be a link to that article in the show notes. Cool. If you, if you want to go and read up for it yourself and get a little bit more deeper into it. Um, but basically, the story starts off with a guy called uh, Kevin Manis. And he bought this item, the Dibbuk box, which is basically like a wine cabinet. Okay. Uh, and he bought it at a yard sale from the granddaughter of supposedly a Holocaust survivor called Havela, who escaped from Poland to Spain back in the Second World War. Uh, and then she moved on to the USA and the Dibbuk box or the wine cabinet that uh, she brought with her to the USA, and that was only one of three items that she bought from from Spain, having escaped Poland. Wow, so it could have sentimental value and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah, yeah. Uh, she lived to the ripe old age of 103, apparently. Oh, go on, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. she had a good innings. Uh, and the, the granddaughter then obviously cleared out her stuff, and the, this wine cabinet... Uh, was one of the items that she sell, sold. It's it unclear whether it was like a yard sale or a boot sale, something like that. Uh, and Kevin Manis bought it, and she told him that it was called the Dibbuk box. Okay. And a, a Dibbuk is an old Hebrew or Jewish term for an evil spirit, generally that possesses people. Okay. Okay. So it's quite an evil thing. It's not a very particularly nice thing to have hanging around, you know. Yeah. And that's what um, she said to him. It's that's what she said. And she said that the box should never be opened because to do that will unleash a lot of bad luck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is where I started getting scared. Yeah. Okay. So Kevin then took it back to – he'd got a, a, a shop in Portland, Oregon. I think it was some kind of second-hand shop or something like that. But he his intention was to restore it and give it to his mother. Uh, when he took it back to the shop, he, he did open it. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, Kev. this is And in, inside, he found uh, two coins, U.S. wheat pennies. I don't know what they are. Do you know what a wheat penny is? <laughs> oh, no idea. I have no idea. Um, they were dated 1925 and 1928, by all accounts. He found a four-legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, probably worth quite a bit, I would imagine, <laughs> a, gold, uh, a little granite sculpture... Uh, inscribed with uh, the shalom, or shalom, which is some kind of, again, and some kind of Hebrew prayer. I always thought shalom like was hello. In, oh, it could be in Hebrew. It could be, yeah. Then maybe that is. Then, yeah. I could be really wrong. I, I could be wrong as well. I mean, I, I, it, all, it, all it said in the, in the, this was a granite sculpture inscribed with shalom and two locks of hair, human hair. Why does the hair have to be in there? Um. I don't know. It also, on the back of the box, had something called the Shema, which is an important Judaism prayer. Okay. Okay. Quite an important prayer in um, Juda Judaism. And that was carved into the back of the box. The box, I, I think, is, is just made out of wood, like oak or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... I think he he spent a little time restoring it, making sure that it was it was nice enough and that. Like, can I ask a quick question? Was yeah. he restoring it back to a wine 
cabinet. Yeah, back to a drinks yeah. cabinet. And and then um because of the the spooky stories and stuff that came along with this box, he decided he actually followed through with his intentions and gave it as a gift to his mother mm-hmm. for Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he's leaning into it. He's Yeah, yeah. Um now she apparently opened it, opened the box. And almost instantly had a stroke. Wow. Okay. So she ended up in hospital. I'm not sure how long she kept the box for. It probably said in the article, but I I forget now. I didn't write it down. Um, But she ended up giving it back to Kevin. And he he accepted it. it. Back in the shop. (laughs) Right. Okay. uh, To try and sell it. Uh, Now, while it was in the shop, apparently, one of the store employees had a brother who came to visit him at the store one day and took an interest in the Dibbuk box, knocked it off the shelf. Oh, so it's been opened for a third time. Yeah. Right. But they put it back on the shelf, righted it and everything, uh, and thought nothing of it. Uh, until <laughs> literally a couple of weeks later, the uh, brother committed suicide. Wow. Okay, so we're three for three at the moment with the yeah. the curse. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, the curse is is pretty. You know, it's it's feeling real. At this <laughs> yeah, point, isn't it? you know, this is a, why I was a lot scared. Um, and then after the brother committed suicide, I don't. I think the the actual store employee must have fallen into depression or whatever. For whatever reason, he ended up also committing suicide i'm not sure how long afterwards it was but he and the brother both ended up committing suicide wow okay of course totally unrelated yeah and those were the two people where the box fell off the shelf yeah yep yep now um kevin's girlfriend didn't like him having this box (laughs) i can't think why (laughs) she kept complaining about bad smells around it yeah. And apparently she witnessed the doors of the box opening on their own. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she didn't like it. And she convinced him to list it on eBay. And this was in 2003. Okay. So on eBay, he put it and he he, he was open about it. The, the curse and, you know, all the bad luck and everything that's that's gone around with this box. Oh, I should also say that... Um, uh, one of the symptoms that they had was all of them were nightmares about some old woman with sunken eyes plaguing their dreams. Yeah, they mentioned that on the podcast. Uh, they, I yeah, to. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now apparently everyone who has been in ownership of this box, like even Kevin's mother, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like the store... Um, employee i don't know about the brother perhaps the brother uh kevin's girlfriend everybody that had anything to do with this box started having dreams about this old woman with sunken eyes yeah and it was pretty much the same dream wasn't it It was like reoccurring and it was pretty much identical yeah yeah, from what i believe yeah it was like a recurring dream Mm. yeah um very interesting now he did end up selling it on ebay I'm not going to. I think it did disclose the amount that it was sold for somewhere in the article, but I'm not going to go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, it passed through several hands. Uh, everybody, again, more people complaining about bad luck, car accidents, you know, 
this sort of thing. Yeah. Until it ended up with a guy called Jason Haxton, who bought the box, and he wrote uh, quite a successful book about it. I think he was the guy that declared it as the most haunted item in the world. Okay. Uh, and he, in the book, he actually describes some of the symptoms that he had, which was bleeding eyes. Can you imagine, uh, like, your eyes literally bleeding? Anything to do with eyes and I'm out. It's horrible. Yeah. It? I can't oh, deal with it. Absolutely horrendous thing to... Uh, he had choking attacks... Mm-hmm. where he couldn't breathe and he was just, you know, that sort of thing, needed the Heimlich manoeuvre or whatever. And again, the old woman with the sunken eyes was plaguing yeah. his dreams, giving him nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote this book about it. And like I say, it did quite well. And uh, there were three films eventually made about the the, the book box. Oh. One of them in 2012 was called The Possession. Have you ever seen that? I think I've seen that on, like, Netflix or something. I don't think I've ever actually watched it. Sounds familiar. Yeah. But I can't say I've ever seen it. To be honest, I didn't know they'd made films about the debit box. Uh, Well, apparently, yeah. I I don't think I've seen it. um, But um, it was definitely made, 2012. Mm -hmm. Manis and uh, Jason Haxton, so uh, Kevin Manis and Jason Haxton, were invited to the set as advisors, as sort of executive producers sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And all throughout the filming, apparently, strange things were happening, Mm -hmm. uh, things going missing, uh, employees of the film studio having accidents on their way to work, that sort of thing. Yeah. And to to top it all off, uh, oh, yeah, studio lights would just explode. Mm-hmm. Apparently, or while they were filming, just random like explosions of studio lights, people getting showered in glass, and upon finishing the film, five days later, all of the props caught fire. No <laughs> one knows how it happened. There was no like no explanation of how the fire started, but all of the props from the movie up in flames. I know how it started. Because it's cursed. <laughs> That's how it started. Because you shouldn't mess with things like this. Because famously, The Exorcist and The Omen were also cursed films, were yes. they? And stuff was happening around that. Yes. So this and is The Island similar. of Doc Maru as well, I believe. Is, uh, <laughs> I love that another title. One. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, you are correct, though. Yeah, um, The Exorcist was obviously written uh, as, as a work of fiction, mm-hmm. but upon doing the film, yeah, they had lots of strange things happening, uh, including, I believe, uh, one morning they came onto the set to find that the uh, air conditioning units had been running in overdrive and the entire set was covered in a layer of snow. Oh, yeah, because that's not creepy. (laughs) Not at all. But you go around making spooky horror films, you've got to expect some of this stuff. Yeah, the the craziest one, obviously it's not the Dibbo box, but I remember watching like a little mini documentary thing on uh, Shudder or whatever it was on Amazon, and they were talking about The Omen, and correct me if I'm wrong if anyone's heard this, but I'm pretty sure one of the producers got into a car accident and passed away. Quite possibly, yeah. He actually crashed on omen street 
Omen, like was, Omen Drive or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there was, there was loads of coincidences that were really weird. Like uh, someone who worked on it as well, um, they missed their plane. And then the plane that they missed crashed. It got struck by lightning or something like that. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so there was, yeah, again, so the films that are cursed, the Dybbuk box is. Well, the, among po- them. the possession is definitely one of them. I might have to check out this film now, to be honest. Yeah, it makes me want to watch it. Too, but you don't even want to look at a picture of the Dybbuk box, so why would you want oh. to look at a film? With the well, if it's a fake Dybbuk box, what is. Wait, is the actual Dybbuk box in this film? I doubt it. Oh, I can watch it then. That's fine. I very much doubt it. Uh, I don't know for sure. It, it, could, it could be, but um, I don't think so. Uh, eventually, uh, the Dibbuk box did change hands. Jason Haxton sold it. Mm-hmm. I think he did quite well out of the movie and the book and everything. And and, um, and now, do you know a guy, Zach Bagans, <laughs> from do. Ghost Adventures? I know Zach Bagans. He yeah. has his own museum called the Haunted Museum. Yeah. yeah. He purchased the divot box for his museum. Mm-hmm. Now, th- th- this amount was not disclosed. I don't know how much he paid for it. I think I remember seeing it, and I'm not going to say, I, but it was quite I would a, imagine it's quite yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, uh, he, he featured it mm. on, on Ghost Adventures, I think possibly several times, but it, uh, most prolifically – in uh, an episode called Ghost Adventures Quarantine. Yeah. With, as you correctly said earlier, Post Malone. Posty. I know you're interested in this bit. Big fan. Uh, I did watch the uh, an extract of the episode, the, the interview that he did with Seth Meyers. Seth mm-hmm. Myers, Seth hey, Myers. Yeah. Seth Myers. Uh, where he... Um, went into like some of the things that happened to him afterwards mm. uh, on the way. I think it was on the way back from doing the episode, uh, the landing gear wouldn't come down on his plane and he had to be diverted to a second airport so that they could actually mm. get it working. Or what. I'm not sure if they had to do a crash land or, or whatever, whether they actually got the landing gear down in the end or, or, or what. But, yeah, he had to yeah. be diverted. The plane malfunctioned. Yep. Uh, within like a couple of weeks, his house got burgled, mm-hmm. and he had a car accident. And this was all within about two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't long at of all. doing the episode. Now, here, oh, sorry, here is where I'm going to point out that you're wrong. Post Malone did not actually touch the Dibbuk box. Uh yes, I remember now. Did he touched Zach? Bagan's. Zach Bagan on the shoulder while Zach, I think, was opening the box. Yeah, that's it. Yes. As you said it, I, I remembered, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, it, whether, you know, the curse was contracted through just that touch of mm. body to body, you know, or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, that is how the claim that it's affected Post Malone is. Because like, I don't think anybody's uh, actually sort of claimed that just looking at the box has well, I, don't, I don't know well you say you're <laughs> you, you, you podcast people yeah there was one podcast in particular uh i won't say because i i don't want to you know discredit one yeah. of them um but they in the in their notes where you attach links and yeah, things like yeah. that they refused to put a picture of the actual dibbuk box because they were worried that it would curse people if and, people and curse their it. podcast. Yeah. Right. So, so they refused. So when they said that, 
I was out. I'm not looking at so it. So here, I'm now 50-50 on whether I should use stock footage of this deliberate box on the YouTube version. Don't use the actual one, because I won't even be able to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> not having it. Do you not like, watch your own podcast? No, do a jack-in-the-box or something instead. <laughs> I'm not having a Dibbuk box on our podcast. How would you know if it was the real one, though? Well, I wouldn't. But then I wouldn't take the risk. I'd just, I'd have you to just listen. never watch it. Yeah, I'd listen to you it. You just listen to the audio. <laughs> well, big up to the audio crowd anyway, because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, our audio podcast is now doing better than YouTube, which had taken over for a little while. But now the audio podcast mm. is doing much better. Shout out to the audio people. We love you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, anyway, eventually, uh, what did I say his name was? Charles Moss, mm. the reporter that covered all of this. He started talking to Kevin Manis. Mm. Uh, and I'm just going to pull this up because I've got, actually got a screenshot of it on my phone because I couldn't be bothered to write it down. And Kevin Manis was the original guy that bought it from the yard. He side. was the guy that put it up for sale on eBay. Yeah. Right. Um, so... Charles Moss uh, came across uh, this um, claim uh, uh, from Kevin Manis, and it says, and I quote, I am the original creator of the story of the Dibbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dibbuk boxes have some kind of history prior to my story, and the idea that a Dibbuk box could contain anything other than a Dibbuk, along with any deviation to the type of contents I created to be found inside of the Dibbuk box, is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dibbuk box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name in my forehead. So he's confident. <laughs> he's pretty confident that he made it up. Okay. Um, so eventually, like, like uh, uh, Charles Moss did have a, a, a conversation. They got on Facebook Messenger and they were talking about this. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and Charles was like, well, look, the way you've been talking about it makes me think that you've made up the whole thing. Oh yeah, because you said about two two suicides and his mum had a stroke and yeah, well, well, his mum was even interviewed yeah because she was um uh, 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 in ownership of the box at one stage she was interviewed as well by a TV program or something like that and yeah. she gave off all this spiel about how, you know the nightmares and the, you know all this sort of thing mm -hmm. uh, and and when Manis was pressed about you know how comes is your mum said all this about the Dibbuk box. If it's not true, he said, well, bless her. She was just covering for me. Ah. Out of the goodness of her own heart. She, he didn't even like have to tell her what to say or anything. She just made the whole thing up as well, ah, apparently. That's a, that's a good woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, what happened then was this Charles Moss tried to get Zach Bagans... Uh, to do an interview for his podcast as well on the on the same subject, Zach refused. Didn't want anything to do with it. He didn't. So Charles then mm. told Zach what he had found out. Kevin Manis had said, "Look, mate, the whole thing's fake." 
Right. I'm guessing he didn't take it well. Put them in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. We don't know how the, that conversation went. Yeah, okay. I can't imagine it went well. I don't think Zach would have been happy. Zach, I don't think, was very happy at all. Especially if you saw what he spent on it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, because, um, I mean, this is the thing. Zach did come back and and say, look, okay, he might have made this up, but this whole, this box, everybody that's had anything to do with it has had this bad luck, has felt the curse. He said, even if it started off as nothing in the beginning, it's yeah. become something now, you know. And it, you know he's quite adamant about that. He, he, he's right in a way. He kind of is, yeah. Uh, eventually, uh, Charles Moss then gets hold of Kevin Manis again and says, "Like, you know, how, how did it go talking with Zach Bagans and admitting that it was all fake?" And he went, uh, "Not good." Mm. It was about a week ago, and. He said, I'm starting to think that maybe I've bitten off a bit more than I can, can chew here. Because like in, in the last week, he said, my own car's broken down. My girlfriend left me after mm. her mother died. Wow. And two of my other friends have died as well. Wow. Okay. All in the space of a week since speaking to Zach Bagans. Maybe Zach use the do it box to put a curse on him maybe who knows who knows but that's but, weird i mean that that just kind of i don't know just gone through this quicker than i thought we would but that has sort of brought us to the end of the actual sort of story of the debit box yeah, yeah zach bagans still has possession of it still in his museum still in his museum zach bagans stands by it he really believes in the curse I mean, I Which, would too. In fairness, you know, when he's had lots of creepy stuff happening around it, lots of sort of bad luck and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, we've got to give it fair go, really. I mean, when, yeah. when I first started looking into this, the first place I went is Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously within two sentences they were going, it's fake, it's fake, he admitted it, he made it up. You know, it was all just complete yeah. nonsense. He, he made it up because he's a creative writer and he wanted to, uh, I think he, I can't quote on this because I didn't write it down, but he said that what he wanted to make was an interactive horror story. Oh, was he a horror that, writer? Well, some kind of creative writer. It doesn't it doesn't say specifically horror writer. Mm. Um, but I think when you, if you're trying to sell some spooky old box or something, then you would make up a, like a horror story. And, it, and that's what he yeah. wanted to do. He wanted to make this interactive horror story that people could believe in as they owned the box and as it went down the generations. It's quite clever. It is very clever. Mm. Um, he, like the, uh, the Shima, the prayer that was uh, carved into the back. Yeah. He did it himself. No. Yep. Oh, no. Uh, the little granite sculpture inscribed with Shalom yeah. was apparently just one of his little things that he did. Just, you know, he's, he's made them loads of times. The, Shalom, little, Jackie. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind of like a trademark for him. Uh, at least one of the locks of hair was from his best friend. Oh, oh I can't remember the guy's name now. It was, on, it was on the article. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I think that... Possibly even like the the pennies, the 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 candlestick, and the golden wine cup. They might have all just been stuff that he couldn't sell in his shop. 
shoved, so it, shoved it in the Dibbuk box, opened it up and went, oh, look at all this strange stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. I mean, Dibbuk boxes now have become so such a, a, a widespread thing. You can buy them on eBay and Etsy. I think even Amazon sell Dibbuk boxes. You can watch YouTube videos of people opening their Dibbuk boxes. But no yeah. one's got the original one. Only Zach Bagans has that. Mm. But again, I mean, if you listen to Kevin Manis, then you, you, you just think the whole thing is made up. Yeah. But even Manis himself, by the end of it, but you know, after his girlfriend left him because her mum died and it's, it's mm. too far, I think his mother, I, don't, I think she might have died as well at some point. Um, the, the two, the, the, the store employee and his brother, that was, in, that was fact. They yeah, did yeah. actually commit suicide. It wasn't just part of the story that that is an actual factual thing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, how do we rate this? You can look at it either way, can you? You could say it is cursed or you could say it's also it's debunked. Just, it's debunked. So they were obviously all coincidences. Exactly. I mean, that's that, like on Wikipedia. If when you scroll down, a lot of like the scientists and that sort of thing, professors have come forward and, and said, well, it's obviously just coincidence, isn't it? It's people who've opened yeah. the box and then had some misfortune and then they blame it on the, the fact that they mm. opened the Dibbuk box or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's one theory. Yeah, but then or there's, there's the theory that it is actually fucking cursed. Yeah, because the same thing happened, didn't when they raided the pyramids and the sarcophagus and stuff? There was curses in in the tomb. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I believe the guy who funded the uh, dig mm -hmm. died within two weeks of uh, of it happening. Yeah, of them opening it. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. The curse of Tutankhamun is a known thing. Yeah, so but maybe again. There's scepticism about what happened around those things as well, because some people claim it's a curse and other people, again, claim it's a coincidence. coincidence. This is the thing with curses, isn't it? Uh, can you actually prove that that object has mm. caused that to happen or would that have happened anyway? Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard one, isn't it? Mm. It's a very difficult one because I, when I heard the the podcast about it another thing they mentioned was um like when someone tried putting their hand in it so they opened it and put their hand in yeah uh and then loads of insects came out and i i've not <laughs> read that one but then the podcast i listened to also didn't debunk it as well they kind of left the mystery and stuff whereas we give facts here well <laughs> so we try to get to the bottom of things <laughs> yeah Unfortunately, in this case, the bottom is not as crystal clear as a glass bottom boat. You know, it's. Well, I mean, I, I honestly like when I, when I first said mm. to you, "You don't want to cover it. I'll cover it." I went on w Wikipedia, and it was just like fake, fake, fake. I was yeah. like, "Oh, great! I'm just going to paranormality rating of like one or two. Yeah, you know, particularly as the guy who sold it in 2003 admits it, you know, mm. freely admits that he made it all up. Yeah. But then with all this other stuff that's gone, and Zach Bagan still stands by it. Yeah. And he's quite a well-known guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm sure he probably he might have, you know, blown things out of proportion maybe in, in past episodes or something like that. But, I mean, he's still sticking yeah. to his guns <laughs> on this. Um, so he, he's obviously had some kind of experiences with it that has I, yeah. convinced him that the curse is real. And that's the thing. I, I like Zach Bagans because he's he's very passionate about the paranormal 
yeah. side of life and ghosts and spooky stuff and weird stuff. And I've I've watched many a Ghost Adventure episode, and the, there's a lot that are really really good. Yeah, they, like, yeah, they, in, he does do a good show. It's entertaining. They they do capture some stuff, and I quite the the fact that he's uh, so kind of involved in that paranormal world. Yeah, if anyone says. I believe that it's kind of cursed or that there is some sort of curse there. I mean, for me, it boosts the, the scale You'd up a little bit. You'd think he'd have some credence in, since he's been in this sort of profession, really, yeah. for so long, hasn't he? Yeah, he's an actual, like, ghost hunter and stuff. Yeah. He, he puts himself in situations that I would never do. Oh, no, I wouldn't want to I'm do I'm scared it to look at a picture of a different box. <laughs> and he actually and owns two of them. owns yeah. it and he's touching <laughs> it and probably playing with it and stuff, so... I mean, it's uh, it's an odd one, isn't it? It's kind of in the middle, but I quite I, I still feel a little bit scared to even look at a picture of it and things. And there's there's an aura of like creepiness with the Dibbit box yeah. that still gets me. I know you've kind of debunked it and you've said these things. I have, but I get the feeling that towards the end of the article where I was reading about what happened actually to Kevin Manis after. Zach Bagans uh, cross-referenced him about the, the whole thing being fake and, you know, the things that happened to him. I think even Kevin Manis, who made it all up to start mm. with, was starting to think maybe there's more to this than than what there should be. Yeah. Could very well be. Because in his eyes, he made it all up. But the bad luck is catching up with him anyway. Mm. Or is it just... You get your comeuppance in the end. If you make up these things, then <laughs> yeah, it's just come full it's come, circle. Yeah, it's come back around to bite you in the ass. I mean, yeah. So it's a difficult one. It is. I feel because I am still a tiny bit scared of it. Right. I want to give it a four. A four. Yeah, that's a lot lower than I thought you'd give it. <laughs> well. See, so not right. Now, even after I've done all this research mm. and, you know, yeah, we've we've got the debunking and all that sort of thing. Even I'm leaning mm. to like a 5.5, maybe a 6. You know, you know because what? Because there's it, so many people have the same nightmare about the old women and the sunken eyes and yeah, the, that's the people true. having strokes and car accidents and multiple car accidents, people yeah. dying, committing suicide. There's a lot of death and negativity. That I follows, mean, there's a chance that it's all coincidence. There's also a chance mm. that it is related. Do you know what it is for me, though? Why I've given it a four Go on, is then. when you said he'd etched it in himself and oh, the he, carving on the back of the box, the carving, yeah. and he put the items in, and it was his friend's hair. Immediately, it was a lot less kind of creepy and cursed for me. It okay. was like. Oh, that it was kind of like a realization of like, oh, this is a bloke that's just tried to make money. But fair enough. Yeah. But when you did bring it round well, full circle, and Manus himself never actually made that much out of it. Well, no, no, no. But he was trying to sell something that wasn't selling, wasn't? Yeah, it, yeah. Basically, that's what I think it was. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got to give him props for that. It's very creative. It's and very creative. Actually, you know what? I will give it a bit higher because the fact that his creativity 
has made this famous and he's thought of this and made it up and it's got as big as it has. And like I said, there's podcasts, yeah, oh, def- there's, there's he, films. Yeah, I mean, and he definitely created it. Like I say, the Dibbuk in the Hebrew history and that sort mm. of thing, it's only known for possessing people. It's, yeah. it's a spirit of essentially a person possessing another person. Mm. Um, no, no, nowhere in like Judaism or Hebrew or anything like that has it ever been described that it's possessed an inanimate object or you know mm. haunted an inanimate an inanimate object the way that this Dibbuk box has been haunted. Yeah. Well, I've boosted up a little bit then. Okay, I'll give it a five. You'll give it a five. <laughs> I'll give it a five. Because I'm still in the middle. I'll, I'll give it a six then, so yeah. we can average at five point five, which just just slightly above dead center yeah. Right there. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but in my mind, I kind of think of like anything under five isn't really paranormal or scary. Not really. You know I mean, no, if it's, it's above a five, it's more that way. Where yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's, there's a little bit of credence to yeah. it. So. so I think five point five. So out of interest, not that yeah. this is anything to do with it really, but at the start of the episode, before I'd been through all this, before mm-hmm. I did any kind of debunking or anything, what would you have given it then? Eight point five. Yeah, eight point eight, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even when I was listening to the old podcasts and read documentaries and things about it, it was always a minimum of an eight. Like okay. it really did give me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, I know I, it. I know it. I did, didn't yeah. like it at all. Like even just the mention or seeing it was. The it was pretty much because like when you first mentioned the Dibbuk box to me, I was just like, oh, I've never heard it. I'll stick it on the list anyway, mm-hmm. and never really thought about it. And it wasn't until you came back weeks later, yeah, and we're like, oh, I'm not sure about this Dibbuk box, mate. <laughs> I've, I've been hearing a lot of stories, and I'm not sure if we want to cover it. That was what treat perked my interest, yeah. and I was like, wow. No, I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad you did in a way because I'm not that scared of it anymore. Good, good. <laughs> so, that's all. I'm still not looking at a picture of it though. Okay, I, <laughs> I promise I will not put the picture of the actual Dibbuk box. Okay, I'm holding knowingly. You to that. Knowingly, you're not. You're not <laughs> cross- YouTube. Are you crossing your fingers? No, no, no. I'm not crossing my all fingers. Right. If no, I-, I will not knowingly put the real Dibbuk box. On YouTube, I may find a box that looks similar, or some yeah. other lesser Dibbuk box being sold on Etsy or whatever, and put a picture of that mm. on or something. Because but the actual one that is in the museum, Zach Bagan's owns. I, I promise you, I won't put that one on YouTube just so that you and your lovely wife can enjoy the episode. Good, because good luck getting another co-host as handsome as this one. So. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've been looking for a while, so it's jokes on you if I die from watching a video or seeing a well, picture. Just please of it. don't commit suicide, mate. No. I don't plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably mention that with the up and coming. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, disclaimer, <laughs> please. Nobody commits suicide <laughs> after listening to or watching this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. Okay, yeah. not not on our our, our watch, yeah. right? Because uh, yeah, it, it, I don't think it could be high enough. To, mm. you know, if it was like an eight or a nine, then I'd probably be a bit more worried about it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. We've got sensible listeners. I think they'll listen to this and go, oh, that's a shame. Why did he have to carve it in himself? Yeah. Because I, I was there. And then when you said he interviewed him and then it turns out he'd made up the whole thing, 
and your opinion just plummeted. Yeah. Your heart sunk, didn't it? I didn't like it. It's weird that I'd prefer to be scared about it than to debunk it completely <laughs> and not be scared of it. Like, I like a bit of mystery. <laughs> You've debunked it. And well, I, I think the mystery is still there because, like, even mm. all the people involved, uh, even the yeah. guy who literally listed it on eBay, is now not so sure that it's that there is no curse. You know, which that's mm. why I've given it just a little bit higher because, like you say, anything under five is just not really worth the time. <laughs> it's not definitely not paranormal especially the things that are minus 10 don't even mention them again oh no no no, no we don't go there again um but anyway yeah that that is the dibbuck box uh ladies and gentlemen uh i i hope you enjoyed the podcast i hope it doesn't give you any nightmares about old women with sunken eyes <laughs> <laughs> or or feelings of despair um please uh do join us next week josh has got a Brilliant episode lined up for you next week. Uh, as always, like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Give us a comment. If you're on the audio podcast, then you are the one of the most awesome people in the world. We love you. Continue to download. Come back next week. And until then, I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. This has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.